Greetings and salutations. Friday afternoon, it's a sports pen on ESPN-UP, WZAM, Ishpeming Marquette. A couple of guests in studio today, Ryan Stieg of the Mining Journal, per usual, also beat writer for the Northern Michigan men's hockey team. Another name that you all know, Blake Froling is back for the first time since becoming the new sports director at ESPN 109-WLUN in Midland. Glad to have you here. Thanks for being back. Hey, thanks for having me. I was worried I wouldn't get the invite, you know, if you guys were just done with me, you know, moving on, delete my number. So I'm, I'm glad you actually let me back in. Well, it's great to finally be able to meet up. We've talked so much throughout the transition process and what have you. It's good to be able to, you know, put a face to the name <laughs> in some way, shape, or form. And, you know, I think we're going to put on a good little party here over the next hour. Oh, yeah, I'm ready. You know, it's been five months since I've done some Friday funnies. You know, yeah. I've just been building up, building up, need, need to get them out. Ryan it's needed a, that bad. Yeah. It's, it's the highlight of the week. Of course. Mm-hmm. It so really we, is. <laughs> we'll get to that. And we've got uh, NBA with the All-Star teams coming out. First, though, Northern Michigan Athletics update around the GLIAC. You've got basketball getting set to take on Northwood. And Blake is also covering Northwood men's and women's basketball. You were up in Houghton last night, saw them take on Michigan Tech, and you had... One fairly competitive game to call, but I think tomorrow's going to be a pretty fun one. There's going to be a couple of those that should be pretty good ball games. Yeah, last night the women were just destroyed by Michigan Tech by 30. The men won rather easily. I am expecting both these games on Saturday to be a little bit closer. Uh, The first games uh, in Northwood, uh, especially on the men's side, that was a really competitive game. Love the point guard matchup with Naba Eccles, like the number two score in the GLIAC going up against J.K. Lewis, a freshman from Flint who is probably going to be the freshman of the year, Uh, one of the best defenders that I have seen covering Northwood. So uh, that matchup right there is going to be a lot of fun. Um, and and especially with both teams kind of jockeying for position as we get closer to the tournament, I'm really looking forward to it. Anybody can keep up with Johnson, the leading scorer in the GLIAC? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I think limiting him, quote-unquote, to 18 points maybe would be a victory. It's going to have to be by committee because you're not going to totally shut down a scorer like that. Tops in the GLIAC in points. You know, he's a great shooter from outside. He could take you inside. So it's going to be by committee. Uh, they have a senior, Zach Allred, who's who's around his size that'll probably start on him, and they'll just try to rotate guys just to, to somewhat slow him down and, and make the other guys around him beat you. Speaking of the game last night, I mean, in regard to Johnson and Eccles, they're, they're two guys who can just handle clutch performances. Mm-hmm. Like, right before the half, it's a tight game. Eccles just... Hits two threes out of nowhere, <laughs> and he readily admitted to me. He goes, his three points percentage is terrible, and he goes, but he took control and just hit two shots. They gave him a spark into the second half, and then Johnson is also can just be calm. And all Saginaw's making their run; they're cutting it down to single digits, and he gets the ball and just calmly sinks a three, <laughs> like mm-hmm. it's not nothing, and. They all hit their free throws. You know, Eccles hit some, Johnson did, Miles Howard did, Troy Summers did. I mean, it was like, as good as those two are, it's not just them. If they can get everybody else to contribute, too, they're going to be a force, and uh, especially in the GLIAC tournament. They're back to winning ways after a little bit of a skid a couple of weeks ago. They put together a few wins here as of late. Women win a defensive battle eight times this year. They hold an opponent below 50. That's a that's a plus for them because they're really defensive oriented. Um, held uh, for a long stretch in the third quarter, Saginaw don't just one point, and then uh, Saginaw got two buckets before the end of the quarter that kind of came out of nowhere. <laughs> like they're like offensively inept the whole time, and then all of a sudden caught fire briefly. But uh, you know, Northern looked looked strong. I, I'm still concerned with their offense. Um, only put up 44 against Purdue Northwest. They didn't even get to 60 against Saginaw, who is one of the worst teams in the league. It, it's it's something to worry about, um, especially as you're getting to the down stretch. You know, after Saturday, all the games are on the road until the GLIAC tournament, and you can't. <laughs> Once you face teams like Grand Valley and Ashland, not hitting 60 points is gonna isn't gonna cut it against them. 
Well, Blake, you got a first-hand look at Michigan Tech last night when Northwood went up there. Bill Saul's one of our most loyal listeners, <laughs> and I know that he's been prepping for this. I'm sure he has the scouting report memorized inside and out, but your chance to tell him what's Northwood going to bring to the table tomorrow. Northwood is uh, an inconsistent team, I think, is, is, a, is a good way to put it. They've now won four in a row, so they're starting to find their stride. Uh, I mentioned J.K. Lewis, the point guard, one of the most explosive players I've seen. I kind of compare his game to Russell Westbrook, where he's, he doesn't shoot a high percentage, but he can get to the hoop, he's going to distribute. I mean, he's a walking triple-double threat every night and uh, he almost had one last night against Michigan Tech so he's going to be a handful uh, for Naba uh, to, to lock up I know he's got the speed but the physicality will be another question uh, Alec Marty is a shooter he's going he's gonna to take some shots where you're like are you kidding me you know contested fadeaway mid-range jumpers that'll somehow go in uh, David Yelnick their post player very efficient inside he's not going to take over a game it'll be a nice matchup with him and Miles My- Howard one of the premier shot blockers in the GLIAC he, had a quite, he got a, quite a few of them last night too. yeah exactly what do you have seven last yeah, night he had like 12 like a couple games ago yeah so uh, the question for Northwood will be can they hit their threes consistently to kind of neutralize them where they they can maybe get to the basket with JK suck in the defense kick out for an open three because they've got a lot of young shooters outside that are kind of hot and cold and when they're hot Northwood is tough to beat like when they beat Ferris State last week the defending national champions but if they go cold they lose to teams like Purdue Northwest so they they kind of go hot and cold if they're hot I expect this to be a two or three possession game. If they're cold, especially on Northern Senior Night, it could get away from them. The funny thing about Northwood is Northwood handed Northern their first loss mm-hmm. of the season, and uh, it was a surprise to a lot of people. If if they were going to lose their first game, some people were thinking maybe like Ashland or Ferris, but it ended up being Northwood. Um, I talked to Nava Eccles. He said that he didn't think their game plan, they didn't follow it well, they thought uh, maybe a little overconfident. He said they looked at Northwood's record and said, they're not as good as us, and they fell flat. Um, then you got, and then Bill Saw, who was far more blunt <laughs> about it, they were just like they outplayed us. Is basically what it is. So I mean, I think with Blake said it's going to be a competitive game. It's going to be a good one. Um, it's kind of a toss-up, though. Really, it's like if Northern can play like they can play, I think they have the edge, especially if Eccles and Johnson go off. Mm-hmm. But if the both of them are cold <laughs> in the first half, which has happened a couple times, you know, I think Northwood will pull away. Yeah, the question for NMU is who who is the third option, I suppose, <laughs> yeah. who can help them. Whereas, like with Northwood, they don't really have a number one pure score that they go to for buckets when the offense is cold. They've got about three or four that they kind of rotate with, and if three of the four are on, you're good, and you can have one of them. Uh, that's kind of cold. So my question, I guess, would be who who is that third option be, uh, behind the top two? It's uh, I I'm I'm actually looking forward to it. I will not be there, <laughs> but no. I will be there in spirit. Okay, and I will be oh, tuning. Come on, I, I, Ryan. Yes, I will be tuning in. Don't be one to of those fans. On, I will be tuning in on the radio. I'll be there in spirit. ESPN one zero zero nine dot com. You can listen to the live stream. I could do that. I might do that. There you go. Get the, get the Blake Froling perspective. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I call it like I see it. And you've got hockey to take care oh, of yeah. this weekend. You've got hockey to follow. They're down south. Way down south. <laughs> down south. Like, we're not talking downstate south. Yeah. We're talking down home south. Yeah, well, not no Notre Dame, no Nebraska, Omaha. We're talking Alabama, Huntsville, who they're the thorn in northern side. They pushed Northern in the playoffs last year to a deciding third game. Uh, after getting after thrashing Huntsville the first game, people were like, "Oh, it's going to be a sweep." Huntsville shocked them. I think they. I can't remember the score, but it was like three to two or something. It was competitive, and Huntsville forced a third one. Then Northern blew them out in the third game. But it was. That was of course the infamous Brennan Salinaire. You remember that? Or were you not there for that? I don't remember if I was there. Remember when he lost his mind and uh, took it out of the trash can? Yes. And then we made the jokes about there. Wasn't there someone standing by, like the Gatorade cooler, the trash can, making sure he didn't do it again? Yeah, he was called for a penalty. It was a major. He was not happy about it. Mm -hmm. Is yelling at the ref from the penalty box, took his stick, smashed it against the glass, and then the refs finally had it. 
costume from the game. He skates off the ice, goes into the locker room area, and just starts wailing on the Gatorade cooler with his stick and, like, hits it six, seven times. And, like, the whole crowd just stops what they're doing and just watching this crazy guy <laughs> lose his mind in the tunnel. And, of course, he has a reputation for being a penalty. He takes a lot of bad penalties. He's got a temper. and But... I didn't see it, you know, until you see it in front of your face. You couldn't, like, really understand it, but it was uh, it was pretty crazy. He didn't play the following night. <laughs> Not surprising. Shocking. Man. Yeah, and uh, his action, actually, in the third game was really limited. They were, like, we wanted him as little as possible on the ice because he's going to commit a penalty, mm. which he did. <laughs> and, you know, but that was what was the highlight of the, um, the playoff series for me. But for this they're, when Northern goes to Huntsville, they stumble. And I don't know why it is. I don't know if it's the long trip. They play better in going to Alaska, which is even further away, than they do when they come go to Huntsville. And, you know, Grandpa Tony talked about their rank is smaller than an NHL rank. Mm-hmm. We were talking before the show yeah, about tell that. Tell me how that makes sense. How are teams just able to willy-nilly say, eh, we'll make it a little smaller, we're going to make it a little bit bigger. I guess it's kind of like baseball fields where mm-hmm. the dimensions are not the same, but, I mean, the bases are still 90 feet apart. Right. But for <laughs> hockey, it, this just seems weird. Well, yeah. It's the same way in the USHL. When I spent three years there, I was in Sioux City, but they build their team specifically for that. Right. The Des Moines Buccaneers playing in a little decrepit arena, not even in Des Moines. It's in Urbandale outside. It was built in the 60s where you have open turnbuckles for a penalty box. <laughs> and this place is so small that they stack a team full of bruisers, heavy hitters, and guys that are going to you know, put a dent in you. They may not score, but they're going to be enforcers on the ice. Meanwhile, a team like the Waterloo Blackhawks, they play an Olympic sheet, so they'll get speed skaters. They're not a big heavy-hitting team, but they're, they're going to stretch you out. They're speed guys. They build their team based on the size of their arena, and it's kind of what Huntsville does in a way. You want to bring heavy hitters to Alabama, but then trying to recruit to Alabama is a problem in its own. Well, it, uh, they also recruit physical guys because they have a smaller rank, so that's where they go with. And for some reason, one of the games, they'll hit, get Northern off their game a little bit. I think they're a little speedier, you know, the last two years, so I think it's not going to have as much of an effect as it has um, in previous years for Northern. But uh, it's it's going to be an interesting series. Um you know, getting back to the rink thing, you can either have Olympic or you can have NHL ice, and then there's some whose ranks who just get around it on on some loophole or whatever. But you know, for I was telling you guys, the Cole Center for Wisconsin, not 85, not 100, 97. Yeah, why? Yeah. Why 97? <laughs> yeah, it's just go like, the extra three feet. Yeah, it's not it's that, like hard. that That was apparently too much. The cost, no. No, had to draw the line somewhere. But, uh, you know, and then you got Huntsville was even lower than any. I'm not sure the exact dimensions. I'll have to look that up. But it's smaller than 85. So that makes it rather difficult. To, and it takes a while to adjust. But uh, big series, though. Um, Northern's coming off that key split. Um, I asked Grandpa Tony, was Saturday's game the biggest game of the year? He said it was because they needed it. Had they gone into this series after getting swept back to back, it it would have killed their chances a lot. They're in fourth, just uh, I think they're two points behind Lake Superior State. I think they're four behind Huntsville, uh, not Huntsville, Bowling Green. So it's in striking distance. They could still get second place, but they have Tech nipping at their heels. They have Bemidji nipping at their heels. It's like from second to sixth. It's a big bunch, and it, it's not going to get determined probably until the last weekend where everybody's going to set up. Latest bracketology for college hockey came out yesterday. They have two from the WCHA making it. They have Minnesota State as conference champions getting the automatic bid, and then Bowling Green getting in on the pairwise at number 14 as an at-large. Um, I can see it. Uh, the problem is the – Pairwise doesn't really sit well with the WCHA. It's struggled against um, better teams and bigger leagues. Um, I think it's getting a lot more even, but uh, Bowling Green's having a good year. Uh, I think 
especially a lot of the national analysts are a little wondering what's going on with Northern because some of them picked Northern to win the conference. I had them finishing second because Minnesota State's just stacked this year, and uh, they're a national title contender. Um, you know, I don't know if they're going to get the auto bid. Um, Minnesota State, when they look like they're going to roll through the conference playoffs, they tend to stumble somewhere. Um, they did last year against Michigan Tech. Um, I... I mean, I kind of see because there's the best team, but I don't entirely see it. I don't think it's a given like some people think. Ryan Stieg, Blake Froling joining me, Tanner Hoops, in the studio. We owe you our first time out when we come back. We'll tell you why Giannis will never be an NBA executive <laughs> next in the Sports Pen on ESPN-UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen, weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. Welcome back to the Sports Pen on ESPN-UP. Tanner Hoops, Ryan Stieg, and Blake Froling with you. Thanks for hanging out with us. Last night, the NBA All-Star captains Giannis Antetokounmpo and LeBron James held their All-Star draft. They have the All-Star roster selected. My prediction is going to be Bron's team by 40. Team Bron by 40 because Giannis just didn't draft that well. Which is, you think he'd be a little more knowledgeable? You would. You would think. Yeah, but, uh... LeBron kind of really schooled him, <laughs> which, you know, LeBron's a legend, you know, I mean, he's, you know, some people say the one of the best, of, maybe the best of all time, so you think he knows what he's doing, whereas Giannis is maybe a newcomer, maybe going with the whole friend thing rather mm. than a good team, I, I don't know, Blake, you're a, you're a Giannis guy. Well, you know, people are, are floating conspiracy theories here with LeBron, <laughs> how he drafts Kyrie Irving who could be a free agent, mm-hmm. Kawhi Leonard, who could be a free agent, Anthony Davis, who they've been obviously trying to trade for, Clay Thompson, who could be a free agent. So more just trying to become friends with guys, be like, hey, remember that All-Star game, mm-hmm. how well we played together, maybe put on the purple and gold <laughs> uh, next year. So, But, but honestly, uh, the starting five, it's just ridiculous. It's almost unfair. They, they, someone should have stepped in and said, Giannis, Please <laughs> let me help you with this. Uh, don't pick Kemba Walker over James Harden. Don't don't do anything. I mean, it could be a forty point game. To be totally honest, how sad is that? Because it's always you know it's always a high scoring game. Mm-hmm. The final score is always like one hundred and forty to one hundred and thirty eight or something like that. Now so. was it last year or the year before where we actually had an entertaining? I don't want to say there was defense played, but it, it actually resembled a normal basketball game somewhat. I think it might have been last yeah. year. I uh, see for me, uh, the All Star game. I start. I start. I tune it out. You know what I mean. The All Star game. Just. I mean, I came. I somewhat pay attention to it, but it's just unless it's a baseball one. I kind of just meh. You know, you shrug it off. So, but uh, yeah, that'll be interesting. I, I don't think his roster will be up to par compared to LeBron's. Does it surprise either of you that James Harden slipped to number eight overall? He was the last starter to get taken off the board. It's a little weird. Yeah, I mean, he's the MVP front runner, and he's picked last. I, I think it's because no one wants to play with him. Mm-hmm. Because if Harden gets the ball, it's going to be twenty seconds of dribbling at the top of the key, <laughs> and then driving in and drawing a foul, and that's not exactly entertaining, especially for an All Star game. And I, maybe he'll change his play because he actually has good players around him now. But I just think guys don't want to play with him. Milk the shot clock mm-hmm. down yeah. to six seconds. And then flail as he draws the foul, take a four-step, step-back three, which they absolutely will not call in the All-Star game. No. Oh, no. I mean, do, you think it's bad in the regular season. Do they, do they really call anything? No. Has to be pretty egregious. Yeah, you have to, and you'll hear about it from the players if they do actually call something. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's another thing why All-Star games are kind of a joke. You look at Team LeBron, and Anthony Davis is going to be coming off the bench along with Klay Thompson and Damian Lillard. It's going to be a 40-point game. I, I don't see any path for Giannis to win this thing. I, I don't know if it matters, but it just amazes me that this is the way the draft went down. And LeBron, on, to his part, I mean, he drafted well, and maybe there's an ulterior motive for a few of these guys. Trying to recruit some guys. Maybe there is. I don't know. <laughs> but either way, LeBron's a smart guy, and he knows how basketball works. I could totally see him being an executive someday. You know, an owner. 
<laughs> Maybe. He basically is an owner slash general yeah. manager of the Lakers right now, Wasn't right? Was he for the Cavs in a and way, too, when he was there? Know? And well, the I mean, everywhere look, he goes. I mean, you look at Michael Jordan, you know. He'd be owns, better than Jordan. You know, he owns the Hornets, you know. Um, owned the Bobcats for a stretch. Yeah, that went well. Yeah, so, I mean, he, you know, it, sometimes, you know, guys know how to manage a team. I think LeBron would be a great GM. I don't know how he wants to feel about owning a franchise. I mean, that is more of a Jordan's thing, the mm-hmm. highly competitive, whereas LeBron's more of like a let's do it with stuff in our community. I'm going to build a school. I'm going to do stuff like that. So, But I could definitely see him as a GM. I could see like him as to. yeah being an agent, maybe running his mm, own that'd agency. Be yeah, he's all about the player empowerment movement. I could yeah. see him doing that, maybe mm. more than being an owner. Yeah, but uh, he's gonna be one of those guys that plays for years and years. You know, the Tom Brady, the NBA, playing in his forties. Is he gonna go that far? You think? Maybe? I think if he, he stays w- healthy. He could. I think he could play long enough to play with Bronny. I think that's his <laughs> ultimate goal: play with his son for a year, one season. Yeah. Just keep milking it like Gordy Howe yeah. year after year after year. Think about this for a starting lineup. You can have Braun, even if he's 43-something. Then Bronny. You can have all three ball sons. It would be Lavar's dream, his dream come true, to see that happen in the purple and gold. Wouldn't Lavar's dream to be suiting up? In that uniform as well. Yeah, bring his like 2.2 points per game <laughs> out onto the floor. Uh, two of the three ball sons shouldn't even be water boys no. for any NBA team. He ruined their chances by sending them to Lithuania. Yeah, They're I not going to make the NBA. No, it's, it's frustrating. You feel bad for the kids, really, because... Mm-hmm. It's not their fault. I don't think. I don't think anybody were like, "Yeah, let's go to Lithuania. That's gonna be fun." When I might could be at UCLA instead. <laughs> Didn't like wasn't Lonzo Ball on that uh, that show? Drop the mic. Yes, know? he was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you watch it? I did not because I thought he'd fail, and apparently he did. He's got <laughs> some. He's got some bars. Come on now. Really? He's dropped a couple singles. Okay. Okay. <laughs> to go back on your point earlier, though, Ryan, Lavar would rather be the coach, I think, of that team. Because he believes that he could coach in the NBA. He thinks that Luke Walton is the worst coach that Lonzo's ever had. He said on Undisputed yesterday that if he were the coach of the Lakers, Lonzo would be better than LeBron. Because he would turn him loose. I don't know what that means. I don't, I don't think, think he... there's a ceiling high enough. Yeah, I don't think he deserves any kind of response anymore. It, we went through a nice, if you think about it, we went through a nice period where we didn't even hear from LeVar uh, Ball. And then all of a sudden, as the trade deadline approaches, he comes out of hibernation and appears on Undisputed. I don't know why these guys give him the time of day because he's just spouting ridiculousness. I, you know, I got to say something. That's, that's his thing. Mm-hmm. I, I can't stay out of the spotlight for too long. And uh, I'm hoping he goes away, maybe. You know, before the end of the season, we can forget about him. He can start his own league. Wasn't he trying to do that? He was trying yeah. to. <laughs> you know, do that again. Be like the uh, the XFL of uh, a basketball. Of, of basketball. Mm. It's kind of the big three, though. Yeah. You say that's mm. more of the in XFL. Way. Yeah. In a weird way, yeah. Do you watch the big three? Does anybody watch the big three? I've I've tuned into a couple games. I haven't I haven't sat down start to finish and watched all of it, but yeah, it's entertaining once in a w- great while. I think once I wanted to see what it was about, and then since then yeah. I haven't watched it on purpose. No, <laughs> I think if one of my favorite players was playing, like if Chauncey was playing, yeah. I would I would tune in for a bit or something like that. There has to be some kind of draw. I'm not just gonna watch some random forty year olds. Go at it in three on three. Yeah, you gotta have a personal interest. Yeah. Like you really like this player, or you know, you like the coaching staff, or something like that. You can't just be like, hmm, you know, that guy, fifteen years ago, he could ball. Yeah, <laughs> I want to see McCants him. Yeah. getting some buckets. Yeah, in the, I want to see that. In the big three league. Back when he was a JUCO burnout who left after one year because he hogged the ball, scored twenty six points a game, had like five assists for mm-hmm. the entire season. That's yeah. kind of what it's made up of right now. Pretty much, yeah. That's a good assessment. Of course, I saw I saw Bonzi Wells, you know, for a period of time. Mm-hmm. They had this tournament uh, that I had to cover, you know, I was in grad school, where it was like 
all these guys who wanted to make the league and make it into the NBA or stay in the NBA hmm. were like would get together and like the crowd would trash talk you too if they didn't like your performance. <laughs> it was a crazy le- it was a crazy event. It was like three days long. Wow. But Bonzi Wells was there and he was trying to make an NBA comeback. Wow. I, th- I think he just lost you know, was just you know he got cut. I can't wear what franchise it was, but uh, there were other guys who were trying to be in there. Um, but he was the main. St- he, he was the shocker who I interviewed, and it was like, how was that? Uh, he's a f- friendly guy. It was a good interview, but I'm just like, dude, this is a little sad. <laughs> I didn't want to say it to his face, but I'm just like, come on, man, you need to hang it up. You know, I don't like to tell people to retire. You know, because that's their own business. But you know, sometimes the writing's on the wall. Go well, out, star in movies or whatever NBA yeah, players yeah. do after their career ends. Speaking of which, you see Kyrie's going to be in a movie. Another one. Yeah, Uncle Drew too. No, he's going to be in. A, <clears throat> excuse me. It's based on a real life hotel in Oklahoma City that supposedly NBA players have stayed at, and it's oh yeah haunted. Yep. Uh, who was it? Was it Metal World Peace? Ron Artest said that he was inappropriately touched by a ghost there, something like that. Wow. So now Kyrie's going to star in this movie. And it wasn't written for him. It was just that one of the producers said, I worked with Uncle Drew, or worked on the Uncle Drew project. You want me to get Kyrie? So they said yes. So he's going to star in this movie about a haunted hotel. So as he, he's not going to have the beard. He's not going to have the whole... Now, is he going to be the player? The beard. Yeah, is he going to be the coach? Or, I mean, the ghost? What, what is he going to be in this movie? I think the ghost is a female. Okay. okay. So I don't think so. But I think he's going to be the star player for this team that's contending for the NBA Finals. They go there for Game 7 of the Finals and stay in this hotel that's reportedly haunted. And it's... Hmm. the. the an interview with the producer says it's going to be something like Poltergeist. You know, it's not going to be gory or like a slasher horror film or anything like that. It's just going to it's going to be a thriller, jump scares and stuff like that. I don't know if it's going to be good, but I'm probably going to watch it. It sounds like it's going to be terrible, to be completely <laughs> honest. If you're in Game 3 of the NBA Finals, why would you purposely stay in a haunted hotel? Mm-hmm. I, that that's common sense number one. Like like people who stay in haunted houses in these movies, mm-hmm. don't move there. Just move out. Go somewhere else. It, if, it's not that hard. If when you're in danger of being, you know, felt up by a ghost, you know, would you really put yourself through that? No. I'm taking Meta World's Pieces word for it and not going like, there. Like, hey, can I can I get a room at the Motel Six? You know, just down the road and give me the Bates Motel instead. <laughs> So uh, that's a wild topic we've got to know. <laughs> it's a loose Friday. Yeah, very much It's so. a loose Friday. We're starting the Friday funnies a little early. Yeah. Uh, we'll take a time out, hitting the midway point of the show, and we come back. Bryce Harper, Manny Machado are playing a game of chicken next in the sports pen on ESPN-UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen, weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. Welcome back to the Sports Pen on ESPN UP. Danner Hoops, Ryan Steig, and Blake Froling with you. Here is your Sports Center update. Texas has announced that quarterback Shane Bouchelle will be transferring to SMU. They get a little bit of good press after a tough week. The Nuggets' Isaiah Thomas nearing a return. He has been assigned to the team's G League affiliate for a rehab assignment. And finally, a man in India is suing his parents for giving birth to him without his consent. And he wants to be paid for his life because he didn't ask them to conceive him. Oof. That's your sports center update. There's a funny. There's a lawyer that probably will take that up too. Did you guys see the thing about the Bitcoin uh CEO like this this CEO of this company mm-hmm. that held uh these accounts of thousands of people who had invested Bitcoin with him and he died? But he was the only one in the company that had the passwords to get into the mainframe of these accounts, and they cannot crack it. So people's Bitcoin is just virtually stuck because this guy didn't tell anybody the password. There's got to be some Russian hacker who can get into that, doesn't there? I guess. They're trying anything. There's got to be somebody. Oof. I also don't really understand Bitcoin. No, just it was a big thing for a couple really of years. Anybody really truly understand it? Like, wasn't everybody like, this is the future of finances? Mm-hmm. But, like, what is it? I'm still waiting to figure out what Belk is. Around every new year, I ask, what is Belk? Because we see the Belk Bowl. 
Still no it's, a clo- it's a clothing store. It's a clothing store. Yep. And it must be in Charlotte because they it's always fr- play it's, at the it's down, it's down south. Mm-hmm. Great Twitter, right? They're the ones that... They that do always, have a great yeah, Twitter. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, they're no John Dingle, but uh, they're right. close. <laughs> R.I.P. Yeah, rest in peace it's to John Dingle. Dingle. Absolutely. Jeff Bezos reportedly said that the National Enquirer tried to blackmail him because of some lewd photos taken of him. Mm-hmm. And he pretty much just owned it. He said... I own the Washington Post as a hobby. Like, this is my side job. You're nothing compared to me, and he's going to go after the National Enquirer. Why would you ever go after Jeff Bezos? They tried to do the same thing to Burt Reynolds. There's a little bit of a difference, first of all, between Burt Reynolds and Jeff there Bezos is. There is. in terms of the net worth. I mean, he could buy the National Enquirer and just shut it down, mm-hmm. right? I don't know if you want to go after anybody like that. And what is the National Enquirer ask for a blackmail like give me a million dollars uh yeah let me let me reach my pocket i think i've got some spare change oh yeah here's a million dollars like if i'm bezos i don't care release the photos like what's gonna happen to him kind of what he's done is gone on the offensive and burt reynolds did something similar yeah i mean it's uh, oh burt <laughs> burt from uh Rest in peace, burt. What, longest yard wasn't that his longest movie yard yeah, yeah. Which was your favorite Burt Reynolds character? Was it Scarborough from The Longest Yard or Bandit? I never actually saw Smokey and the Bandit. Oh, come on, Ryan. <laughs> I didn't think that was a must-see movie. It is. It kind of is. I, I, I've seen The Longest Yard, both the older version and the newer version. Mm-hmm. I think the newer version is trash. But <laughs> I think... Uh, Whoa. <laughs> Yeah, it's one of my favorite take. movies. Is it really? It is. So you're, I can't, uh, I'm made fun of for not seeing Smokey and the Bandit, and you love The Longest Yard. It's funny. Oh. I like Adam Sandler. Yeah, it's a classic. Yeah. A classic. Paul Crew? Come on now. Don't disrespect <laughs> my boy. Yeah, he could be my quarterback. He could be quarterback Point. for about 10 teams in the NFL right now. You like a guy who point shaves? <laughs> <laughs> he made up man. for that, Ryan. <laughs> He made up for that in prison by being a good guy. <laughs> by being friends with Chris Rock. That's how he made up. Yeah, he won that game for Chris Rock. Yeah, he did. He they had did. a great cast in that movie, didn't they? Uh, I'll, admit the cast, I'll admit the cast was good. I just wasn't a fan of it. Ryan Stieg and Blake Froling in the studio with me. Bryce Harper and Manny Machado are playing chicken. They are the two hottest free agents out there right now. Pitchers and catchers report in less than a week. And we are officially less than seven days until we throw the first pitch on opening day. But neither of them wants to sign first. And I wouldn't say it's an absurd amount of money Harper's asking for. He's worth it. I I don't think I'd pay Machado what he's asking. But as we get closer to spring training, Machado could be looking at signing somewhere to a one-year deal. I think both guys could. Think so? The problem with with these mega contracts is... MLB teams have been burned so often by getting, giving these superstars 10-year contracts or 8-year contracts. I mean, look at Pujols, Miguel Josh Cabrera. Hamilton, Miguel Cabrera. I mean, it so often backfires. Why would a team, as great as Bryce Harper, Manny Machado is, sign them to 10-year deals? Mm-hmm. Nobody should do that. Mm-mm. Give him five years $120 million or $130 million and, and keep it at that. I mean, uh, people are, are complaining that it's collusion. It's, it's just MLB teams getting smarter. Yeah, I, I think huge contracts are terrible ideas because, I mean, Joe Maurer was a huge contract. Mm-hmm. I mean, and the Twins were, like, never the same as soon as they threw all yeah. that money up. Yeah. I mean, I understand keeping him because he's the hometown guy. He's by far their most popular player. But... Still, though, I mean, it limited what the team you could build around him. They couldn't really put together a decent pitching staff, and it just, you know, my wife began to really dislike him. <laughs> Joe Mauer? Yeah. Mr. All-America? Yeah, I don't Mr. Think Minnesota? Can dislike him. No, I'm a, well, I disliked him as a Tigers I fan. I, That's permissible. I, I think it was more so that she doesn't like when athletes get overpaid, mm-hmm. and uh, he was, and a lot of the athletes are. So, But I, I think it was... It, it's not worth it to put up a 10-year deal because it keeps you from... I mean, you only have so tight of a window to be a successful franchise in baseball, but you you can build teams with your farm system. But still, if you've reached the point where you actually are contender, you have, what, three, four years maybe where you have a legit shot. Some people running if the Cubs window is starting to close. I mean, it's just... 
<laughs> you throw a bunch of money, you better be all in that you're going to win a title that year. Otherwise, you're just wasting your time. They both want $300 million, Harper and Machado. But they want to be the last one out there, so maybe the bidding goes up and get a sweeter deal. Which one caves first? We can go back and look at this a few weeks from now when they eventually find a new home. But which one is going to cave first, Harper or Machado? Machado. I do too. I Machado. Think so too. Because I think he eventually will realize that he's not worth all that much money. Well, neither player, <laughs> neither player is worth $300 million. No, but I mean, I think Harper has a lot more suitors. I think that he's getting, you know, and people know him. I, honestly, outside of real baseball fans, do people know who Machado is? Mm-hmm. People know who Bryce Harper is. Mm-hmm. You know, he's got this marketability. He's in Gatorade, I want to say, commercials. You I'm know, sure he's, he is. he's a good ad pitch man. He's a, It's just... Didn't he do Subway? No, that was Mike Trout. Yeah. Mike Trout. <laughs> but MLB, the MLB has a marketing problem as it is. Mm-hmm. The average fan probably knows maybe, Trout, Harper. Maybe some of the aging players. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, if you just put up a picture of a guy without a hat on and say, do you know who this is? Do you think they could point out Manny Machado? No. 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 And not to mention he's he has this reputation for being disliked in the clubhouse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think his playoff <laughs> so run helps. It, yeah, it's a he's a toxic player. I mean, he he's going to fold by far. I mean, Harper can probably hold out as long as he wants. <laughs> Maybe like opening day. Does he wait that <laughs> That'd long? That would be crazy. <laughs> what if he just never plays? He could because he's just waiting and waiting and never gets that I deal. I mean, in theory, he could hold out that long. I don't think he will, but uh, you know, just keep pushing it and pushing it. See how far I can go. Do you think teams will give up after a while? They'll pull out and try yeah. to get him. At some point, somebody will. You got to yeah. move on and then <laughs> go to Plan B eventually, right? Yeah, I mean, if you're not, if he keeps rejecting your offers, I mean, it's like. You can't court someone. for You can only court them for so long before you realize it's not going to get anywhere. You brought up something interesting where the average fan couldn't name a baseball player outside of maybe two of the top guys and Harper and Mike Trout. We're seeing a younger generation come up where baseball isn't as enthused as maybe football or basketball. Like The young generation is in love with those sports. Out of the four major sports in America... Hockey's definitely number four, but baseball's starting to trend to become more on hockey's level rather than with the other two. I think uh, part of that is the markability. I think, you know, baseball used to be, it was called America's pastime, and, and I joke with it, is that it is the pastime because people don't, you know, football's by far king, but basketball's past it because you got the star power in the NBA, but it's just... You know, basketball is a cheap sport for high schoolers to have. You know, it doesn't cost much for schools. You know, you see a lot more high schools up here that have basketball teams than have baseball teams or have football teams. I mean, football is the NFL, so it's always going to be at the top. Um, But it just, I think, you know, there's not the resources put into it. There's not this hype behind it. And, uh, you know, some people say, you know, you know, in urban areas, you know, it used to be baseball, you know, but that's how, you know, athletes thought, um, you know, back in the 40s and 50s, that's how we're going to get in is with baseball. Now it's like by far basketball is going to be where mm-hmm. you're going to get in. Football maybe to a lesser extent. But, you know, baseball's just, it's not there anymore. I mean, I like baseball. Mm-hmm. I like watching baseball, but it's just, it's but the younger generation is the one that's starting to push it down more toward the tier that hockey is on while elevating basketball and football. And that's becoming apparent because of the rule changes Rob Manfred is uh, proposing, that he's looking into possibly adding a DH in the National League, things like that. Hallelujah. Yes. I hope that happens. Thank you. I'm not one of these traditionalists. Uh, we talked about different rink sizes yeah. in hockey. How How is that even a thing? How can you have two distinct separate set of rules <laughs> mm-hmm. in the same sport you have to have the dh on both sides to save your sport you need more offense if if games are longer because there's more scoring i feel like that's okay mm-hmm. but if games are just longer just because players are moseying around that's when it gets frustrating put the dh in both sides i've been on this since the day i was born 
coming out of the womb, put the DH on both sides. I mean, do you want to see a guy hit a 450-foot moonshot, or do you want to see a pitcher lay down a bunt, get taken out, see relief pitchers, a string of relievers for the rest of the game? Because let's face it, there's some great relievers mm-hmm. out there, but almost every reliever is a failed starting pitcher. Right, exactly. And then you get the argument, oh, but then you'll lose the pitcher getting a, a double or a home run. Yeah, that is special because it happens one out of... 50 times. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Special. There's there's some pitchers, but they're very few that can actually bat no. well. It's, Bartolo. It's bum, bum Bartolo. Bartolo, Zach Greinke. Um, he, he bat well. I mean, Kerry Wood was actually a decent hitter, yeah. you know, back in the 90s. I mean, he can, you know, he, he hit a home run in the NLCS <laughs> um, in 2003. There's, but yeah, it just, it takes the fun away. And they automatically has an advantage going into the World Series mm-hmm. because they have that extra hitter in the lineup. You know, yeah, you go to the NL ballpark and you have to play a pitcher, but I mean, really, <laughs> you know, I it, the D, if you win four games with your DH, you know, it, I just think it's it needs to be in both leagues. Would it surprise either of you before we go to break if I told you that the last National League team? to lead the majors in home runs as a team was the 07 Brewers. That would surprise me. It's been a while, but they had some big boppers on that team. That's right. Prince Fielder, Mm -hmm. Ryan Braun. Mm -hmm. Was it Ricky Weeks? Was he on that team? They they had some some, uh, sneaky good guys there. Yeah, that was their... wasn't that their heyday? Was Craig Council on that team, too? I think they were. He 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 was. Mike Cameron was on that team, too. J.J. Hardy, maybe? Back in, Could have been. I love J.J. Hardy. <laughs> He's my favorite player. Played for the Twins for a little bit. Yep, my favorite guy. Ryan Stieg and Blake Froling in the studio with us. We owe you our last time out when we come back. Friday Funnies to finish off the week. You're listening to the Sports Pen on ESPN-UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. Welcome back to the Sports Pen on ESPN-UP. Danner Hoops, Ryan Stieg, and Blake Froling in the studio with us. My predecessor, you're not uh, losing your mind. It's not six months ago. He just back visiting and uh, covering some Northwoods basketball as they take on Northern Michigan here in town tomorrow. Ryan's favorite part of the week, hopefully... It's a favorite part of the week for a lot of you as this well. Is Blake's Friday Funnies. Blake's- Blake enjoyed it too. He actually was the one who got Friday Funnies started. Now, you, by saying it's Ryan's favorite part of the week, are implying that it's not your favorite part of the week. Is that correct? My favorite part of the week is seeing how happy it makes Ryan to be able to Aww. do this. Aww. Well, that's, that's my favorite a, part of this th- week. That, that's, that means a lot. Well, I appreciate that, right? Yeah. I appreciate you, Ryan. Well, oh, I'm appreciate, <laughs> I've been appreciated by everybody here. Aww. It's a love fest in the studio. Yeah. It's time for the weekend. I'll, uh, do you want to start off? Sure, I've got a couple off the top of my head. Okay, um, we could start with Nick Stauskas, I think, yeah, former we'll Michigan Wolverine, one of my most hated players of all time. <laughs> got traded about five times in the past week. He started in Portland, then he went to Cleveland, then he went to Houston, and then I kind of lost track after that. And and I'm, which got me to wondering. Who has the record for most times being traded in NBA history? Mm. Because he's also been traded multiple times before this in previous seasons. It was with the Sixers, then he was with the Kings. Like he has been all over the place. Yeah, I feel. Do you feel bad for him? Not yeah. for him. I, I have for, no well, sympathy not for you, that guy. But like, no. I mean, if if one of your guys on your team, you know, like a state guy. You know, if he was traded multiple times. But, but let's also, let's keep in mind, it's not like they're actually then flying to Cleveland, then flying to Houston. They're just sitting back waiting for this to happen. But, yeah, it, it kind of makes you feel undervalued, like mm. they don't want you. It's got to hurt as a, as a person because we kind of forget that these guys are people sometimes when we just think of it as a business. It, it, it sucks, but I don't really care. Like, Stauskas can go play on Mars for all I care. Didn't the Twins have a pitcher that did the same thing this year? Oliver Drake. Oliver Drake. Yes. And now they've cut him. DFA'd like <laughs> 10 times this season. Wow. <laughs> his, his fault for not being good enough. Just good enough where someone's like, ah, we, might, we might have to take a t- chance on this guy, but not good enough to stick around. No. That's kind of like Stauskas. For me, uh, you know, working for a newspaper, this one's a little uh, meaningful for me. The, uh, the L.A. Rams fans were upset, um, p- very vocal about it, by the 
you know, the choice of words that the L.A. Times used after the Super Bowl for the Rams lost, thought they were too mean to the Rams by calling them the Lambs instead of the Rams. And it's like, the job is to play on words. That's what gets people to buy Mm. newspapers, is they want to buy the paper with a funny headline. They're like, that's, you know... I mean, if there are people upset about it, they should have been in Atlanta because they were outnumbered 15 to 1. Mm-hmm. They was a road game for the Rams. And how about the New Orleans paper who just had the blank page? <laughs> what, what Super Bowl? What happened that day? That is a bitter, bitter town. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, oh, it's, it's too funny. For as much as they party down there, they're pretty upset. Yeah, they they were they don't they people just assume they're easy going. Yeah, mm-hmm. let's have a couple of drinks. That that New Orleans had the lowest rating for the Super Bowl out of mm-hmm. eight, any major market, so they actually like showed how angry they were. You, you, it was a weird thing. I wrote a column about this. The whole Super Bowl, you have a, the most obnoxious fan base in the NFL against the team whose fans don't really or they don't care. care. They don't have any fans. Yeah, I mean somebody. Uh, tweeted out the shot i retweeted there's this celebration of the rams making the super bowl and the celebration was so sad it was just guys clapping oh yeah that was yeah, there, there was no Empty cheering it's like a like, l- 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 minor right. round of applause like a like a good effort fellas mm. kind of thing you know yeah it was it was bad and uh but you know nor i think new orleans would have played better because yeah. i think Drew Brees could have handled the Patriots' defense mm-hmm. a lot easier than Goff did. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, little little irked by the headline. Got some letters. They, some um, Deadspin tweeted out that they thought it was a joke. Oh, yeah. It's just like, I mean, how sensitive do you have to be where that really gets to you? Mm-hmm. You know? I don't get it. No. It's, it's that got funny. to you. You should have gone to the game. <laughs> yeah, Helped exactly. Helped to do something about it. Yeah. What do you think people in St. Louis were feeling watching that? I don't think they wanted to watch. You think I they think have they... any fans left in St. Louis? Oh, I mean, it's a good sports town. Mm-hmm. I just don't think they had the, the population. The The city wisely did not want to fund a new stadium. That was, so that was smart. Kroenke just left. But, like, uh, I, I feel bad for them. Mm-hmm. They, 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 they can they... have the Lions. <laughs> Take them, please. Get I, them out of my life. I like... There's they get the Blues have a really large fan base, believe it or not, in St. Louis. There's a lot of hockey fans in there, mm-hmm. and the Cardinals, of course. Are the, yeah, your the, favorite fans. Yeah, <laughs> don't get me started. <laughs> Wrote a column about it. I don't want to get into that again. But uh, I had there, but I lived in in the area around there. I just lived like about an hour and a half away from St. Louis, and the Rams are just not big Mm-mm. they never were and i know the super bowl time when they were in their little heyday they were you know they were big but they weren't selling out people weren't happy i mean this isn't a team that uh, an area that's going to keep going to games especially when they got a franchise from another city and now it's going back i mean they couldn't even support their own f- when they had the st louis cardinals franchise which became the arizona mm-hmm. so it just no, I, I I think it would have been worse if the Chiefs and the Rams had mm. played. Because then you have the team that you despise in your own state, because St. Louis hates Kansas City, mm-hmm. and then you have the team that left you. <laughs> it's like the team you hate over the team that broke your heart. I mean, that's got to be a terrible choice. Mm-hmm. That's got to be a song, you know, like the girl you hate and the girl that broke your heart. Sounds like something that wow. could be a that's song. Wow, that's a country <laughs> song right there. It's like a Taylor Swift song. Yeah. Yeah, it could be. <laughs> it could be. Write that down. Pitch it to her on Twitter. See well, what maybe she she's says. listening. Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, but that. Uh, how yeah. about how about a, a petty nuclear bomb that was dropped in the NBA? Dell mm. Demps intentionally just declining all offers from the Lakers and leaking them to the public just so he could sabotage L.A. Because he was mad that Anthony Davis wanted a trade. Had no intention of accepting any trade offer. It's just like, I'm just going to troll you guys and try to destroy your team. And I thought it was just beautiful. Like, how old are these people? They're 12. Yeah, they're like 12-year-olds. And I love it. I mean, it's starting to become more of a vendetta against guys like LeBron, where everyone says, okay, you're the greatest player in the world. We're not going to help you out. You go out to L.A., we're not going to do anything to help you win a championship. We owe you nothing. Exactly, and that's what they should do. Why would you want to make the best player of all time uh, on a better team? You should be trying to do anything you can to stop him. 
It's, I, I like the pettiness. I, oh, it's so funny. I, yeah. I mean, just because you, it's like you're making a lot of money. You wouldn't think you're that bitter, you know, oh, yeah. but uh, apparently. But this is what the NBA thrives on because we know who's going to win the championship this summer. And yet the NBA dominated the news during Super Bowl week mm-hmm. because of drama like this. This is what the NBA feeds on. It's beautiful. That's it why the beautiful. NBA is the best league. Wow. I don't know if I'll go that way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely I can is. see where you say that, though. B- Blake Froling is the only Pistons fan in the Upper Peninsula. Probably the only one in the world. So now there's zero because I left. Yeah. It is tough being a Pistons fan. <laughs> I, it hurts. It, my, my fandom has wavered. It, it's been painful. This trade deadline was just meh. But uh, I'm still going to stay strong. Do you hear Ellington's on the verge? Yes. Shocking. Why? Why would he want to come to the Pistons? He could go to any number of good playoff teams that need a shooter. Why would he pick the Pistons? I wanted to see them get Conley. I thought that'd be pretty fun to watch. I don't know if it would have done anything and moved the needle one way or the other. I, I, I would have just been like, all right, let's see what happens, I guess. If you can get Reggie Jackson off the books, fine. But mm-hmm. I don't think that would move them higher than the eight seed, even if they do get him. I was gonna ask. Him. I was gonna ask you guys. I asked you before the show, what if you had to trade one owner, Tom Gorse? Well, we know he's a, been awful, <laughs> so bad. I don't. I don't know what over the Ford family. I I just think whoever owns the Lions will be just cursed for eternity. So I have no hope for the Lions anymore. So I would like to save it for a, a franchise that's actually salvageable. So get Gores out of here. Your guy Tanner. You know, I could say Jerry Jones because sometimes I get sick of him, but the world wouldn't be the same without Jerry Jones keeping the Cowboys fairly mediocre. I know know Mm -hmm. he made Jason Garrett kind of a lame duck coach this year, but do we really think that they're going to get a good hire out of all this? No. No. They'll try for Lincoln Riley. They'll try their darndest for him. Not going to get him. No. They'll just bring back somebody of Wade Phillips' caliber. Mm -hmm. A guy who is a great coordinator, terrible head coach. Pretty much. You said you weren't liking the poll ads. You want them out of there for a I, while. I could probably do without the poll ad family, yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm pretty happy with a lot of the ownerships of the I'm not a fan. I'm not, I'm not a fan of the Wilfs. I think well, they re- yeah. I think they really overcharge people. I mean, it costs, what, like close to 30 bucks if you want to tour the stadium. Got to pay for that place somehow. Yeah, where you look at, I mean, people are talking about the Atlanta Falcons and other ownership kept the prices for food very, oh, very reasonable. And like, like, what was it, like hot dog and a beer or something like that? It was like, what, six bucks mm-hmm. or something like that? Whereas if like last year in Minneapolis for the Super Bowl, it probably would have cost you like 15. <laughs> you know? How about those Packers owners? Get them out of here. All, all 300,000 That's a of funny them. thing. Get them out. Yeah. If, they don't if, know how to run a franchise. Do you, do you, if you're an owner of a, a stakeholder in the Packers, would you want to get rid of all the other people who have shares in that franchise? I, th- you, I mean, you have no control over what's going on. No, it's the greatest th- Ponzi scheme ever. Yeah, but, uh, you know, wouldn't it be funny? We could get rid of Robert Kraft and maybe have some parody. I would love again. to get rid of Robert Kraft. I actually would think that would be the top one. If I, can, I, I wish I could get rid of Belichick, but I, I would say Bob Kraft. Jimmy Haslam, we could just get him out of there because he's just a bad owner. Well, he's probably gonna that? he's gonna end up going to prison at some point. <laughs> yeah, flying Jay's in some trouble. Yeah, a little there, but uh, he's just awful too. Ryan Stieg and Blake Froling in the studio with us. We are out of time. Appreciate you both being here. This was a lot of fun. Really I hope was. we can do this again here sometime. I hope soon. so too. Yeah, thanks for having me back. That's it for us on the Sports Pen Westwood Patriot Hoops coming up. Here in a little less than an hour, 5.45 tip-off for the girls' game. Boys to follow on ESPN, UPWZAM, Ishpeming Marquette.